Good morning. Ah, good morning again. Are you happy to be in the house today? If you are, just uh, touch your neighbor and tell them welcome. Karibu sana. Um, uh, tell them there's something that is good in the house of the Lord today. Uh, whenever we come into the house of God, we come with expectancy. We come hungry. We come with our necks stretched out in anticipation of what the Lord is going to speak to us. So may the Lord become greater and I become smaller even as we uh, continue on uh, with this service. We are today coming to the end of our series, our relationship series. Uh, it's been an intriguing series. It's been one that has been uh, uh, deep in terms of talking uh, to things that are real to us, things that are going on in our lives, things that sometimes are not spoken about very many times and, and, and openly as such. And today we want to conclude, we want to conclude this relationship series by talking about something that is fundamental to every relationship uh, because each one of us is offended by things. Today, our sermon title is called Scandalon. Scandalon. And Scandalon is a Greek word. It's a Greek word that uh, means stumbling block. It means an offense. The real and the actual uh, the meaning of the Greek word scandalon is uh, found with some of us when we were younger men and boys. We used to go hunting. And uh, we would hunt for birds and uh, other small uh, uh, aviary. Is that what you call them? Aviary. You'd put a few seeds on the ground and have a, a basket and you'd hide in the bushes and wait until a bird goes in there and then you pull and the trap is set and the birds are caught. Scandalon is actually that that is called the trap, that that is the trigger, the trigger that brings the trap down. Scandalon is the thing that we're talking about today. An offense is a trap. It is a trap that is causing many of our relationships not to work. It is causing many of our relationships to go haywire. It is causing many things to happen uh, in a way that we ought not uh, or we desire them not to happen. Scripture tells us of Satan's goal, and his goal is very clear. My Bible tells me in John chapter 10 and verse 10, there are three things that the devil has set that he desires to do. Number one is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. This is the goal of the enemy. Whatever he does, his goal is actually to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to steal from you. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to kill you. If he could kill you, he would kill you. This is the thing that his goal is. Because you are made in the image and the likeness of God, he wants to destroy you. He wants to spoil you. That's his goal. But even as we talk about his goal, his favorite method is to accuse, brethren. He accuses. He accuses us. My Bible tells me in Revelation chapter 12 and verse number uh, 10 that he accuses us day and night before the throne of God. He accuses us to God himself. He appears and he says so and so has done this and the other. He is accusing us day and night. He doesn't rest. If he's accusing us before God, imagine how much he's accusing us one to another. 
how much he's accusing your brother, your sister. He's accusing you. He's saying, oh, this is what they meant. This is what they thought. This is what they're after. Accusatory things. This is what the enemy does. His goal is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. His method is to accuse. But his chosen tool for division is offense. The chosen tool that, God, that this Satan uses to, 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 to defeat, to divide is offense. Which is why we need to talk about offense. Because offense is the biggest thing, is one of the biggest things that causes our relationships not to work well. You see, Jesus prayed in John chapter number 17 and verse 21. And he prayed that the church may be one. That he prayed and asked God, Lord, that you may make the church one indivisible unit. That everyone, each one who believes may be one. And that oneness is so gone. To, he goes on to, to describe, uh, Paul actually goes on to describe what that oneness is. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 to 6, he says, he says this, Make every effort to be one. Make every effort to be one. Spare no effort in your determination to be one. Because Jesus has prayed that we may be one. This is an important thing. God wants us to be one. And therefore, Paul is, is, is encouraging us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 to 6. He says, make every effort. To be one. Make it. Make it your choice to be one. One in what way? To be one body. Make yourself, make every effort to have one spirit, to have one hope, to have one Lord, to have one faith, to have one baptism, to have one God and Father of all. This is the thing. Unity is important to God. No wonder you see that the enemy wants to spoil no wonder we see that his chosen tool is a divisive tool. His chosen tool, this and this that is called offense, is to divide us. Because God would want us one. If the church of Jesus Christ was one, oh, we would be the most powerful body that ever was. If this church, K3C, was one, Nobody in this, in this country would be able to stand against us as an assembly. You know, in the, in, the, in, the, in the Old Testament, we read of the children of Israel as they were building the Tower of Babel. They were one voice. They were one language. They had one agenda to build unto heaven. And God looked at them and said, Hey, these ones, unless I do something, they will actually do crazy things. And therefore, he divided speech, language. And people began to go everywhere after that. There is something that is very powerful about what God wants us uh, to be in oneness. Now, Satan's strategy is to divide, is to isolate, and then to kill or to destroy. That's his favorite strategy. In fact, the Bible says it in Luke chapter number 11. And verse number 17, he says that every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every kingdom. And a house divided against a house falls. A house divided against itself will fall. This is a known thing and it's a truth of the scripture. It says that anything that is divided amongst itself, 
will definitely not be able to stand. Any nation that goes to war, if it is divided, it will most likely be defeated. Since we are all major politicians in this country, any party that stands for election, if it is divided, it will fail. Oh, I wish somebody say hallelujah to that because we Kenyans are very political. Any pol politicians here? I know you are here. We, and I'm not talking about the ones who are elected. I'm talking about the ones who elect. We are many politicians and we beat it every day. Any house divided against itself will fail and will fall. And the enemy's choice tool of division is offense. Offense is one of the greatest hindrances and stumbling blocks to a healthy relationship. If you have and want a healthy relationship, note, offense is standing against it. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 19 says this. It says, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And contentions are like the very bars of a citadel. A brother wronged, hey, is harder to be won than a strong city. I don't know which city you know that is the strongest one. One that has defenses. One that has, uh, you know, they, have, they are surrounded by defenses. They are surrounded by missiles. The ones that I know that are defended in that manner are, are some western cities. Our city here is not so well defended. But when you go to the west, you find cities that are well defended. You cannot fly in some certain areas. You, can, you know, if you are, happen, happen to be found in the airspace there, you'll be shot down. There are things, there are places. And this is what the Bible is saying. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. Offense is powerful. An offense is like a trap. It entraps the people who are offended. You are entrapped by your offense. That is why it says that uh, it is like the bars of a citadel. It is like a prison, prison bars. If you've seen prison bars, the person who's offended is, is behind those bars. They cannot, to access them is hard. To access them is hard. This is what offense does. And we all have been offended by somebody we know, somebody we, re we are related to, somebody we work with, somebody we are married to, somebody we interact with even casually. We can also be offended by people who we have no idea, we don't know, people who uh, we have never even come into contact with. I know that many and many here have been offended by Mike Sonko, the governor of Nairobi. You have never met him, but you are offended by him. Okay, today is uh, one of those ones that we are, we are going to be talking some things. It may, be, it, may, it may be a little painful, a little hard, but it's the reality. Some of us have been offended, and we have been offended by Raila Odinga. You don't know him, but you are offended by him when you see him. Others are offended by D.P. Ruto. You, you hear about him, you, mm, 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 mm. you are offended. 
please uh, just look at your neighbor and ask them, what offends you? <laughs> Offense is normal. It's, it's, it's normal. It starts with very small things and can grow into something that is big, it is large, it is fortified and is very terrible. You see, offense, when it is fully grown, is deadly. It's deadly. And it can shut you down. And you can be in this kind of prison bar. The one that we just saw there. It can be in that prison bar. Offenses then, since uh, it seems like we are going faster than, uh, come in various ways. They come in various ways. And by the way, I'm not offended by that. Eh? They come by misunderstandings. Misunderstandings is one of them. There was a time that uh, we were in church. And there were some people who were new to the church. I guess, well, they had been to the church for a while, but they were, they were fairly new. And I, and I saw them. The worship had just ended and there were, the, the, the preacher man is called and I come up. And as I'm coming up, they rise up from where they were sitting and they walk out. And I'm coming and I'm thinking, Hala, why? Why are they walking out? Is it because they don't like the word? They don't want to hear the word? Is it because it is me who's preaching? What is it? I caught offense. I caught offense. Some of you are watching, I want to avoid Jehovah. <laughs> eh? You mean even pastors get offended? I caught offense. I said, mm, these people, don't, they don't like the word. They don't like, I knew it straight away. They just don't like the word. And the next week, I happened to meet them. And I asked them, now, uh, brethren, how come just before the word, you guys went out? He says, ah, pastor, we had come for the first service. And we had enjoyed the service so much that we wanted to stay, stay in for the second session of worship. And therefore, we had had the word. And this one was now just to climax. I said, oh Jehovah. Oh Jehovah. Kumbe me, I was judging somebody. I was saying, I made a judgment. I said, Oi, this one don't like the word. How interesting is it that we get offended by misunderstanding? Because we haven't known the complete fact. If we knew that com complete fact, we would not be offended. I had to repent of my offense. Offenses come with unfulfilled expectations. Now we can put them up. Unfulfilled expectations. There are things that you expect from, from certain people. And when you don't get them, then you can get offended. You can catch offense. When I was uh, 19 years old, I had an opportunity to go to, uh, to the UK. And uh, you know, as a 19-year-old full of energy, uh, who had never ever traveled outside of this country, to be given a passport with your name... Hi, my friend. I couldn't sleep for two nights before the day came. I couldn't sleep. I mean, even eating was a problem. It's like, I'm going to the UK. Hey, I'm going to the UK. Well, on that, that day came. In fact, it couldn't come fast enough. In the plane, going. And I went, traveled for those eight hours. Uh, took five hours, another five hours to find the place that I was going, the house that I was going to be hosted at found a place eventually, and I got in and I found a, a, a fairly old gentleman, British, 
and uh, he was married to a, an Asian uh, lady. But he was home alone. So I got in there, I was tired, not having slept for two nights, uh, barely eaten. I was tired and I was hungry. And uh, he told me, you have a seat. And as he's, he's sitting there, I, he, we are exchanging stories. And I was falling asleep. As, as, but he would keep on prodding my side, prodding, 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 to keep me awake, keep me awake. And then at some point he stopped. He told me, now I am going to eat. My wife has made me food. I am going to eat. And when he said, I said, hallelujah. Food, food at last. But he told me, by the way, my wife only made enough for me. So you, relax. And I was so hungry. You know, I, I looked at him and I, he went and he sat. And I was watching him as he was eating. I watched him finish his food. And I caught an offense. I was offended. Say, ay, ay, ay. How? How can a guy come all the way from Africa? He has come and he has arrived. And you cannot even offer him water. Even bread. A slice of bread. You know, those days, bread is life. Even bread. Just give me bread. Me, I would be happy with bread. He finished his food and he... I was, I was offended. Then his wife walked in. The first thing his wife asked me, Oh, you have arrived. Have you eaten? I said, bless the Lord for women. God bless you, Jesus. I said, no. And she instantly made food. Do you know that that offense caused me not to go back to that house for three years? I never visited them for three years because I was offended. I, was, I said, no, no, what kind of man is this? How can he eat and, and me, I'm sitting there hungry? No, no, no. He, he doesn't have my good... This, no, no. I was offended. Why? Because of unfulfilled expectations. You may, you know, you may be listening to me thinking, but that is so small. You have been offended in the same manner. Hello? Offenses or differences in value, in values and perceptions. You know, those ones are big ones. There was a time that we went on a mission, myself and Pastor Ken, and we went to, to Singapore. And we went to the church in Singapore, and they have different values from us. Uh, quite a bit of different values. And as we were sitting in the church, uh, the pastor of the church was called, one of the pastors of the church was called up. And we were sitting somewhere in the front. And as we were sitting there, uh, the pastor rises from her chair to go up. And as she's going up, I caught a, gl a glimpse of the pastor from my you know, peripheral view. And she was wearing a micro mini skirt. Micro mini. And she was climbing up the stairs. Immediately I turned to Pastor Ken. I said, Pastor Ken, what do we do? Do we just look at each other now until things are finished? You know, we stood and we, 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 we wondered, now what happens? And the lady came and, you know, everybody else in church is fine. Then they are okay. But for us, we are sitting there and we are thinking, where do we look? Do we, where do we look? Because we were, we, we, we were offended. We were offended. But it is because of culture. Oh, buanas if you sana. It's because of culture. The values there, them, they, they see no problem. They see no problem. As she was standing and she would walk and she would, she would do her things. But for some of us, we were like, my Jehovah. Hey, this one. When will it end? When will it end? There are others who are offended by newcomers coming in with, the, with skirts that are short as well. We have seen churches have said, have even measured, now you cannot come to church unless you have a skirt that 
goes below some certain area. I have read it. I have seen it. Because some people are offended. They don't know that the reality is that that one may be coming in today and she may meet Jesus. Hello? It is values and offenses. We, have, we get offenses by differences of facts, methods. We get offenses from, compet, from uh, competition over scarce resources. We get offended uh, when we, our rights are trampled and, and things are overlooked. We get offended when communication happens and uh, maybe how something is said. It is just how it is said. It is not what was said. It is how it is said. Have you ever caught feelings because of how somebody talked to you? It's not what they said. It is how they said it. Hello? Is somebody alive here? Have you ever caught feelings? Have you ever been offended? Eh? They didn't say hi to you. And me, I'm the, by the way, in this church, you will know. If they don't say hi to me, I am offended. It is standard practice. You need to say hi to, to, to Pastor David. When he comes around, say hi to him. In fact, come and look, in, look for him in his office and say hi. Shake his hand. There is one pastor we are fighting with on a day-by-day -day basis. Because him, him is, 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 his western is, is in, in his orientation. Hi. Hi. Should I tell you who is? No, I will not. <laughs> Offenses come in many ways. And we get offended. And we know. What is the process then of getting offense? There's a process that actually happens. Number one, there's the fact. The facts are there. This couple walked out just before the sermon. That was a fact. And I have a fact. I know that they walked out. I saw them. They walked out. But the thing is, I didn't understand it. Therefore, I made an inference on what I saw. I said, hmm, they don't want to hear the word. They don't like the word. Hmm. Therefore, hmm, they don't want. So and then I made a value judgment. These people don't like the word. They don't like to hear the word. But I was so wrong. But that's how offenses are. You have, the, you have some facts. Then you, have, you make an inferment on the facts. And thereafter, you make a value judgment. Many of us are guilty of making value judgments on erroneous infernment. Even though the fact may be correct, you have made it erroneously. My Bible tells me that offenses will come. Actually, Jesus says, offenses will come. In Luke chapter 17 and verse number 1, this is Jesus talking. He says, he said to his disciples, it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It is inevitable that you will be offended. In every church, there are people who offend. And the pastor here, even the one who's preaching today, has already offended people in some diverse ways. A study was done of churches uh, in, in, in the USA, and this is what they said. Of every congregation, every congregation, this one that you're seeing as we are sitting here today, there is a percentage of people who hate the senior pastor, 4%. 4%. They hate the senior. They don't want to see that guy alive. Hey, he has come again. I just don't like the way he talks. I know. No, no. I don't like the way he walks. By the way, even the way he walks. Mm -mm. There are things about that, that offend. And 4% hate the senior pastor. Now, mind you, if... I don't know which of you... <laughs> 
the other pastors also are hated by in, in similar degree. So there's nobody who has ever accepted 100%. No. Nobody's ever liked by everybody. If they are, they are cheating themselves. Is it a reality? Offenses come. It is inevitable that stumbling blocks will come. But woe unto the rest. Jesus goes on to say, be on your guard in, 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 in Luke 17 verse 3. Be on your guard. Be on your guard. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Basically, be on your guard says, be militant. Be vigilant. Be aggressive against offense. When it comes, don't harbor it. Don't keep it. Be militant against it. Rise up against it. Deal with it there. That's what the Bible says. Be on your guard. Deal with it. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. Don't go and catch another three or four and tell them, oh, lo, 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 do you know? Don't. Deal with it. Rebuke. And then forgive him. Jesus goes on to raise the bar for believers in, in, in Luke 17 verse 4. And he says, if somebody, if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. Forgive him. This is it. We need to be militant against offense. When offense comes, deal with it. And I know that many of us will say, ah, I have told him. I have repeatedly, I have forgiven her. I have, I have done it. And yet she still comes back to do the very same things. Here's what the Bible says. Seven times. They come to you with the same thing. Forgive. Oh, that standard is high. Is that not high? Be militant against offense. Don't allow it to be there. Don't allow it to be there. You know, some, some years ago, I caught, I caught offense. And God had to deal with me. I caught offense when my, my father died. And after my father died, he, as a family, we had this close family friend of ours who was a pastor. At that time, I wasn't a pastor. So I went to him and I asked him, please, we're having a memorial service for dad. Will you please come and minister? Since you're a, a preacher man, ordained, would you come and preach? He looked at me and said, no. I was a very, it, it seemed, well, in my memory, it seemed like a very big no. No. And I asked him, but why? Why won't you do it? And he told me, that is your business. And I got offended. I actually got very offended. In fact, as I walked away from him, I, that tape began to play in my head. No. <laughs> it is your business. And I was offended. Very, very, I was offended. By the way, it began to grow in offense. Every time I would see him, I said, this one I'm not going to greet. I will not greet him. Now, no, no, note that uh, I am offended when you don't greet me. But me, <laughs> with him, I said, no, I will not greet him. I will not greet him. My mother would wonder, David, you're born again. 
Why? Why is it that you hold it? No, no, I said, this man. This man. I made a value judgment. R. Kelly sang a song. I'm a bad man. It actually has become true that he is a really bad man. <laughs> but my value judgment was that this man was a bad man. He was bad. He, was, he didn't care about us. He didn't care about me. He didn't care about our family. I said, I end in Bali. I end in Bali. I don't want to know him. When I would see him on the road, I would go to the opposite side of the road. I would cross the street because I saw him. And then the tape would begin to play. No. It is your business. And all of a sudden, very slow, I mean, it became like a big no. No. In fact, I was hearing, no. Do, do you ever, do you, some of these things, do they happen in your head? No. I, I said, no, that's not the way that he said it at the beginning. But now, it had become a creature of some, some other thing. It was like shouting in my ear, no. That is why I couldn't stand it. I had to cross the road and go the other way. Jesus began to deal with me. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 21. We'll read it. Matthew 5, 21, it says, You have heard it, it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. Raka. I don't know what that means. But you shall be in danger of the council. That must have been a, a swear word in those days. These days it doesn't mean anything to us. Whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar. Go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with him. I have heard that many policemen are now using this particular verse. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge. The judge hand you over to the officer and you'll be thrown in prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. Listen, the Lord dealt with me even in regards to this. And he began to tell me, you are angry with your brother. He himself does not even know that you are angry with him in that way. You have prisoned yourself. Because when you see him, you move to the other side. When you see him, you say, Raka! Move to the other side. Some of us are saying Raka right now to somebody who has offended us. Raka! Raka! And this is what Jesus says. Go and deal with him. Leave your gift. You come here and you bless me. He says, leave your gift there at the altar. Go your way first and be reconciled to your brother. I had to leave my pride behind. My anger behind. It, it was a process of leaving. And I had to deal with it. Why? Because the Lord says, listen, if this does not happen, if you're not dealing with offense, there are certain things that happen here. In this particular portion of scripture, we see that you'll be in danger of judgment yourself. You see that man 
that woman, she may not even know what is what, what you have what, that, that, that you are offended. They may not even know. It is you who's dealing with it here. You may be in danger of judgment. Number two, you may have a relationship problem, a relational problem with God if you fail to deal with your offense. Because it says, listen, I will not accept your offering. Leave it there. Go and be reconciled to your brother. You may have something, and, and we're going to have some time to pray after this service. You may have something that has happened, uh, has offended you, and you're holding on. You're saying, ah, ah, that one I will not let go. Because the tape is playing. You keep hearing it. No, it is your business. That tape is still playing in your head every time you're hearing it. No, it is your business. You hear it, it keeps on coming, and you don't want to release it. Why? Because it is sometimes revenge is a good thing. You are plotting, eh, plotting, plotting. You are plotting revenge. Anybody ever plotted revenge? Romans chapter 12 and verse number 18. It says this. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved. Leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. If possible, so long as it depends on you. You know, some, some of these things will, will not depend on you. And it may not be possible to be reconciled with everyone who has offended you. But the Bible says, if possible, so long as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Release people from offense that you are holding. Release yourself from the trap of scandal on. Release yourself from that trap that the enemy has for you. That one that he, was, one, he wants to finish you inside. Release yourself from it. I know that you may be saying it may be hard. Listen to what the Bible says. That Jesus is the rock of offense. He is the rock of offense. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, it goes on to say, To you who believe, then, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Jesus is the rock of offense. And why do people stumble on Jesus? They stumble because they disobey the message. They disobey the word. They disobey the thing that God is saying. God may ask you to do something that is very hard. He may tell you to release somebody who you have held that offense. He tells you, release it. But you're saying, no, no, no. This one I will not release. And this is why Jesus is a stumbling block. He's a stumbling block to everyone who does not hear his voice. He's a stumbling block. He's a rock of offense to people. But to you, you are not. You are a different people. Verse number 8 says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possessions to proclaim the virtues of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Jesus is asking us today to come before him. To release those ones who, have been, uh, who, who we have been holding. Those ones who have offended us. Those ones who we have said, this one, never, I will never release. Jesus is saying, today I'm giving you the strength. I'm giving you the power to release them. I'm giving you the power that you may just obey me. The worship team is coming now. 
Can the worship team come? As the worship team comes, I will ask the ministers, all the ministers, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the altar ministers, to just come and, and, and stand at the front upstairs and down. And all of us will have an opportunity to come before the Lord. We're going to just stand before the Lord and ask that we may release those ones that we have held, those ones who have offended us. And we have been offended by many. Many have offended us. Many have spoken to us badly. Many have done things unto us that are terrible. Many have been abused, have been hurt. Many, many. Today is the opportunity to say, I release, I release. As the worship team goes along, I will ask everyone just to rise up. And as, as we worship the Lord, there are altar ministers right before us here. Come, agree with somebody. Agree with somebody. And let this be the last day that offense keeps you and holds you prisoner. You.